Oh 
is Lord. I don't know what I'd do if he wasn't my Lord. I'd be a miserable wretch. Who knows what I'd be doing? Dead and sins and trespasses with no barometer, no gauge on right or wrong or nothing, just out there. Amen. Thank you for that song. I'm thankful he's my Lord. If you have a request upon your heart this evening, I say this evening, at this time, how's that? If you have a request upon your heart, amen. We want to remember our brothers that are out ministering. Brother Jason's over in the West and wherever Brother, Brother Brad is at, we want to remember him also. Amen. I enjoyed that Sunday school. How many times have I had to learn a lesson twice? I don't want to count because I can't count that much. But, but he hasn't given up on me. That's the thing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you this morning, Lord. Father, as I look out upon the congregation, Father, you know each and every heart, Father, the need that's there, the, how you want to draw them up into your arms and just love them and comfort them, Father, through the toils of this life. And as we look, Father, to beyond the curtain of time, how our heart rejoices, gives us strength to press the battle and to keep going, Lord. Those hands that were lifted, Father, we pray that you would bless the request. Those that are visiting, or pray that you would bless them mightily, Father. Grant them a great touch of your Holy Spirit. And those, Lord, that are traveling out of town or just couldn't be here for one reason or another, we pray that you remember them this morning. And Father, as we collect the tithes and offerings, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver. Lord, bless the ministering in song, bless our worship, and Lord, bless the ministering of your word, the greatest form of worship. May we open our hearts, each and every one, myself double, Lord, to receive what you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the church says? Amen. Amen. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Give me the key of half. Amen. Let's sing it awesome. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Keep me in the valley and hide me from the rain. Holy name, my God is all. 
me from the ashes You have broken every curse Blessed Redeemer You have set this captive free Lord, I can't help but see Unchanging hand You better hold To God's Unchanging hand Well built Your hopes on things Eternal And hold To God's Changing
that you'll never be enough fear he is a liar he will take your breath stop you in your steps fear he is a liar Rob your rest, steal your happiness, so cast your fear in the fire, cause fear, he is a liar. When he told you you were trouble, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you you could be the one that grace could never change. Oh, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will try to rob your rest and steal your happiness. So cast your fear in the fire, cause fear, he is a liar. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, your love is all I feel. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, your love, it's all that's real. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears Let your fire fall, your love
has fear He is a liar Because he lives. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. Empty grave is there to prove my sin.
Say, God bless you. Greet them in the name of the Lord. Welcome them to the house of God. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy to have. Amen. Amen. What's left of us here? Brother Matt stole a bunch, man. Went with him up there to preach. But I'm glad <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> he has some good home <clears throat> representation there. Amen. So, but amen. We're here today. The Lord's here. You're here. So we're grateful. God bless our friends there in the back. God bless you. Happy to see Sister Tabby's family. I believe it is. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Isaiah, good to see you again. God bless you. Is this your sister? Yeah, praise the Lord. What's your name, sister? Amber. Praise God. Happy to have you again. Amen. God bless you. Brother George, I see you in the back, standing back there. Praise the Lord. Happy to have you here. Amen. You're making up for, amen. Uh, Brother... Brother Isaiah's not a visitor anymore. He's here permanent. Praise the Lord. But amen. We're happy to have some other visitors. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> I want to just make a quick announcement before I read um, my text. And then I want to make these announcements. I want to ask Brother Anthony to sing that again. He's my Lord. <clears throat> amen. I love that song. My, as soon as he started up with it, as soon as I heard him practicing it in the song room, I started worshiping right away. I want to remind you of our special meetings that begin at the end of this month on the last day of November, uh, November 30. That's a Thursday, so that would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Amen. We have the uh, Pruitt duo. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have Brother Tim and Brother Timothy coming, and uh, they're bringing a number of family members are going to be camping out on Fripp island at a house we got them they're going to be here all week so we're looking forward to that fellowship with them there's a minister's meeting on that saturday morning <clears throat> for ministers amen god bless you um <clears throat> want to remind you of our communion and foot washing on sunday december the 31st at 5 p.m that'll run from 5 to 7 on sunday afternoon communion and foot washing uh, on that last day of the year <clears throat> Our midweek service this coming week is moved to Tuesday. Amen? Moved to Tuesday. Everybody got that? It's on November 21 because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Amen. We move it a day forward. So if you're going out of town, you can still make it to church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So our midweek service this coming week is moved to Tuesday, November 21. Amen. You love God. I've got a prayer request here from Brother Bruce and Brother Jason. This is a further prayer request for Sister Linda. <clears throat> She's really suffering with the constant headache and neck pain. A touch from the Lord Jesus Christ is her only hope and desire at this point. God bless you, Brother Bruce. Amen. I wonder if we can sing that again. He's my Lord, Brother Tony. Amen. And let's just get our minds ready to receive the Word of God. I know you're ready, but I've, I've made those announcements and I want to... Uh, bring back now. Amen. Let's sing it. He's my Lord. There is, there is no other one. Oh, let's worship him, friend. Who can calm the storm of life? I, I, nobody like you. There's nobody like you, Lord. Oh, he gives rest. Thank God. To, to the weary brings new life to the whole 
lift it up again, friends. One more time now to Jesus. He's my Lord. Lord, this is our anthem to you. There is no couple of verses in this first chapter, Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Amen. Right. Good to see you here this weekend, bud. Glad you made it in. <clears throat> All right. Hebrews chapter one. And I just covet your prayers today, my this uh this thing that I thought would be a few parts is today's part five, and I can't seem to see the end of it. Amen. So we're just going to keep on going. Amen. I've, um, <clears throat> I've got my quotes on the PowerPoint today to help me stay calm and collected. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It helps me. Of course, my daughter-in-law, Katie, told me, I was saying last week about the service, I said, yeah, I had my PowerPoints, and that kind of kept me, you know, from not blowing up. She, got, she said, yeah. But then you read your, your quote and you start freestyling. <laughs> I said, okay. I've never heard it called that, but I'll take it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So if we start freestyling, you'll know what's up. <laughs> Amen. It tickled me. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God who at sundry times and in divers manners, that's times in the past, times in history, in divers' manners, <clears throat> various ways, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, I want you to really realize he's not saying the prophets spoke. He's saying God spoke through the prophets. Right? That's a massive difference. So now he says that was in the past. All right, now let's bring it forward. That was all prior to Calvary. Now let's go after Calvary. The same God hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. All right, let's pray. Father, we are remembering at this time our dear sister Linda. And Lord, the enemy, Father, demons are tormentors. And so... We're praying for her deliverance right now, Lord. We, we see the, the tyranny of the enemy and we pray against him, Lord. I live prayers with this audience today. We pray against these plans of Lucifer, Lord, and I, I issue this prayer. And I ask that the Holy Spirit, Lord, rebuke the enemy. He is a trespasser and that he turn loose God's property that she may be well and pain-free. We commit it to you, Master. 
Jesus' name. Now, Lord, take the Word, break it to us, let it be the bread of life. We commit ourselves into Your hands just now. And Lord, I'm trying to take no thought of my own, <clears throat> and I just want to rely on You and trust in You completely. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So I, I sincerely covet your prayers today and this thought has become so expansive as I've studied it and it's a lot of what I want to say is quite um, fresh to me, not as, a, not as a new concept per se, but just in greater levels of it. Can I say it that way? Deeper grasping... <clears throat> in this hour. How many believe we're right near the end? Man, right near the finish line, friends. It's, in, it's impossible as a Bible-believing uh, Christian to believe that the world could have much more time on its, on its calendar. When that day is, <clears throat> only God knows. Jesus said that's something the Father has in his own, under His own care, His own, his own knowledge, His own will. Uh, he's bringing it all to pass, but just know this, that God does see a day. God knows when that day is, and we are simply told what to look for, and when we see certain things, we will know that that, that, that event is very, very near, and I would say that it is so imminent today. Certainly it's more clear. It wouldn't be saying anything new or strange if I said that it's closer today than it's ever been. That's goes almost without saying. But I'm here to tell you, friends, when I look at prophecy and I see, and, and we looked at it in the 70s and we looked at it in the 80s, 90s, and, te- and 2000s and the teens, and we're looking at it today, I, I, can look, I can actually look back with that hindsight and go, my, what we thought was so much of a prophecy then, it, today it's all, that's almost not comparable. You are right at the door. You see, there's no question in your mind, there shouldn't be any question that, the, that Christ is not going to wait indefinitely to go back for His people, Israel. And He's going back to receive the elected Hebrews uh, who are the true children of Abraham, 144,000 elected Jews, the ministry of Moses and Elijah. If those, if those are... Men anointed with the ministry of Moses and Elijah, which I lean toward and Brother Branham leaned toward, uh, then they're most certainly, most assuredly on the earth right now. And I don't know what they, are, what they know or what they might be aware of. You know, I know that before, I mean, it, 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 we should be able to see that before the angels' commission to take a prophet in a cave and give him a, the, the angelic commission. I mean, prior to that, people knew Bill Branham as a good, clean gospel preacher. A fine young man in the community who had, who had broken the cycle of his family uh, from living a life of sin and he had become a well-respected minister of the gospel. He had baptized many down on the Ohio River and, and, and that's all he knew about himself until 
Now he knew there were strange things happening in his life. But until an angel met him in a cave, he didn't understand it. So I don't know who might say well, how it might turn out down the road when, when people are become believers and followers of Moses and Elijah. And if it happens to be men who are anointed with that spirit, they, they might very well say, you know, I used to know this man as a very good uh, Bible belie- uh, uh, believer of Moses. And you, you realize that the ministry of Moses and Elijah is to come aware that the Messiah has already come. And when, when, when sacrifice, <clears throat> when offerings have been reestablished, and Brother Branham said it will, in the, in the tribulation, they will reestablish sacrifices, the sacrificial lambs and bulls and things, and it will be Moses and Elijah who stand up and say, no, I know you think that's the revival for Israel, but it's not the revival for Israel. The Messiah, it's time for the atonement. And that will be their message, friends, and that's going to happen in real time in this earth. It's right on the money. It's right at the time. And I'm here to tell you, we know by the Bible, they can't go until you go up. They can't go forward, and God's not going to wait indefinitely to go get them. He's going to remove a bride from the earth. This is prophecy. So now then, what becomes the ministry of the bride right before? I mean, I mean, you know, you know, this in fact is when you think about my, about my, about my sermon. You know, we're, we're summing up things at the end time. We're summing up the world. We're, we're coming to a conclusion. God has laid it on my heart in this series to say, listen, we're not, we're not trying to get our minds around Something coming way down the yellow brick road. I'm telling you right now, we're in the wrapping up. We're in the summation of everything. We're in the climax of everything he's been doing to have a Gentile bride for 2,000 years. And you, that's why we say constantly, you are the generation upon whom the ends of the world have come. Do you believe that? So then... So then we need to know what's up. We need to know what's his plan. Where do we stand? What should we be? At what level should we be at? What should be happening in our midst? Now, I I just want to say, and you know, I'm going to say some things today that you're guaranteed not to hear in the average Sunday morning pulpit. And there'd be no way that I would say them or have the uh, audacity to say them, nor would I have the, frankly, I wouldn't have the authority to say them, but I can say them to you because I'm going to read it, a prophet saying it. There'd be no chance. That's why we, you know, that's why we stand squarely on the teachings of the Scripture. I I made this statement to Bethel Tabernacle almost 30 years ago. I said, you need to understand, you've elected me as pastor. I stand squarely on the scriptures as they are taught to us by God's vindicated messenger. We have not divvied, we have not uh, shunned that, we have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. And we intend to because it's the only message I've ever found 
that gives me reason and purpose and I understand why I'm here and I understand what's going on and it's the thing that banished all fear out of my life. It's the thing that gives me peace and harmony and makes my life uh, uh, dovetail with the Holy Spirit. Answers so many questions that the world is groping in anxiety and fear over today because they don't have the answers we have. And they don't believe the answers if you tell it to them. Even they would rather, it's, it's shocking that people would rather have, stay with their anxiety than to accept your cure. The medicine we have is a cure to fear. It casts it out. It's, a, it's, the, it's the wherewithal to have the love of God in your home and in your families. It's the, it's the access to the supernatural because it, it doesn't make you a super person, it, it, but it connects you to a super person. See? And then that person can act in supernatural, not just natural ways, but supernatural ways. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. God, Paul is showing us here how that God had now spoken. Let me have my PowerPoint dubs and uh, just that um, perfect, uh, stay right there. I'll, I'll take it from there. <clears throat> so God had now spoken directly through his son. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you in pieces because and every next piece is gonna, it's gonna take us a little further and a little further and a little further. And I'm doing that on purpose. Because I don't want you to get lost in the shovel. I don't just want to jump to the cut to the chase. I want to show you the, the structure of how God has done it. Paul helps us here with the ancient days. God at, in, in sundry times and in divers' manners. Spake in times past unto the fathers. We saw such a, a display of that in the youth camp skit where, you know, it was to God, the same God spoke to different people in different ways, but it was always the same God. Amen. And it always ended up with the same uh, effect, life. Life. I want to tell you something, friends. Don't, don't hesitate. When God's word comes to you and speaks to you and says, make this change, stop this, do that, go here, have this. Don't, don't, don't interfere with that. Just say, yay, Lord, amen. Say yay and amen to every word because it is that word and your acceptance and your cooperation in the vision that brings life. His vision for you is life. And what does it matter? You know, this life. You know, what, what have I to fear if God hath comprehension? You know, just because I don't know everything and just because it's not a flowery bed of ease and just because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, he's not like Santa Claus coming into our wish list that we give him in prayer. But I know this, that everything he touches becomes life in my life. And everything, and the more I can surrender, the more that I can surrender, the lighter my load Hallelujah, believe that. The more that I release myself, the more he takes control. Hallelujah. So God had spoken directly through the prophets in times past, but he wasn't going to stay at that. It lasted a long time. 
But it wasn't going to stay like that. He eventually came and stood on the earth in a human body. And now God is speaking directly through His Son as a human born of a woman. Hey, why, why are you emphasizing that, Brother Jason? Because that's something he had never done up to that point. Ever. Not even in Eden had he done that. See? He, Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. Not even in Eden had he done that. Now, <clears throat> all right. The brothers and I have been in, enjoying our series going through spoken word as original seed and Boy, things Brother Branham said in that and then the questions and answers he had directly after that, uh, not too much later, and he's getting asked some more questions about it and, and things that he said in there, and then he, he comes all the way into 64 and 65 and saying the same things again and again and again. Uh, we, we find that, that there would, it, Eden would have gotten to God. Speaking, God living in humans, speaking. But sin interrupted that. You understand, Eve would have, had she not ran ahead, she would have eventually come to that. God had said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And here's here's a point that I'm a little bit out of my line, but I just think it would help you now. When Brother Branham in COD is asked about the... You know, the, 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 the whole thing of Genesis 1.28, we're not going to turn to it, but Genesis 1.28 was where he, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And Brother Branham is emphasizing those conjunctions, and, 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 be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and have dominion and, and subdue it. And Brother Branham ties that all the way through human existence, that it's, it's going to be, first of all, for God to say, multiply, then God already knew, Brother Branham shows us on tape, God already knew, there's no way to multiply unless something dies. You live by dead substance. Your body multiplies cells because you consume things that died. You know, and, and this was Brother Branham's argument to the silliness of people who said, you know, you, you should only eat vegetables. Perfectly healthy diet, but, but you know, it, but it's not a command in the Bible because, and, 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 and people who do it for health's sake are awesome, but sometimes you get these activists who just want to almost send you to hell because, and Brother Branham, they tried to say, Brother Branham, how could you eat meat? And Brother Branham, he said, why would I not? He said, well, something died. And Brother Branham says, well, you live by dead substance. He said, if, if, you eat, if you live at all, you live because something died. So, oh, no, I don't eat animals. He said, well, you eat wheat, the wheat died. You eat potatoes, the potato died. You eat whatever you eat, something had to die. We only live by dead substance. And that was a perfect type and shadow of the fact that there was no way to have eternal life unless something died. So that we could live. So, so then that means that Calvary 
was not God figuring it out as he went along. Calvary, when God, let me tell you something, when God created the whole world and mountains and pushed up from volcanoes, God had his eye on one lowly small hill. Before man ever set foot on the earth, God saw a small hill and knew someday I'll have a use for that hill. Oh, hallelujah, friends. That's the one you're connected to. That's the one who knows everything, the end from the beginning. And so he, he would have, he would have come to it. She would have come to that, but she... She interrupted the program. Brother Branham says, but you come anyway. Now, say, oh yeah, see, God's plan got, got ruined. God's plan got advanced. God's plan got advanced. You never look at God as losing. You never look at God as he's lost a battle or something caught him off guard. I'm so glad to know that. I'm so glad to know that. That means that no wonder Paul could say nothing could separate me from him because the one who knew all the mistakes I would ever make loved me anyway and chose me anyway. And, and just because I get knocked down doesn't mean he's defeated. And in fact, is all I got to do is get back up, repent, dust myself off, and then I'm not defeated. I've, I've, said, I've said to... You know, to people who, who enjoy sporting records, I'm 60 and 0. <laughs> I'm 60 and 0. I've never been defeated in battle. I'm 60 and 0, brother Isaiah. You know why? Because I say, have you got knocked down lots of times? I'm probably, uh, you know, I'm probably, uh, probably my, my losses would way outpace, my knockdowns would way outpace, you know, the times I blasted the devil in the mug. He's blasted me a bunch more times and knocked me flat on my back far more times than I've... I'm sad to say that. But at the same time, I'm still not defeated. He's defeated. Every time Christ allows me to get back up on my feet, Satan is defeated all over again. Say, oh, to what degree? Brother Branham said when you take a sin or a trespass and you repent and, that, and the Bible says if we, are, if we repent he's faithful and just to forgive us he said he, he, he takes that sin and casts it in the sea of forgetfulness and the guilt of it goes back on the head of the devil every time I fall he's defeated every time I fall I get back up again and I plan to never stop getting back up again I'm headed for a land where I won't fall again. So we find that sin had its great interruption. Whoops, keep cutting it off. So now we're coming to part five, and we've been talking about the Logos becoming the Rima. This is the established word. Anytime it gets anointed in the life of God's family, it's Rima word. That's the same word. It's only in a different a different. Uh, it's a different form it's a different um, connotation it's a different uh, it's, a, it's a further understand Isaiah said a virgin would conceive but when Mary actually did it it was further understand that was established word in Isaiah but when Mary actually did it when Mary was 
told by the angel because the angel didn't tell her anything but what was already in the word. And But what, what was unique was that the angel wasn't just repeating scripture because Mary already believed the Old Testament. But what she had to say, uh, what she had to uh, agree with was that that prophecy means you. That this, this Logos is going to be you. And she said, so be it unto me. And at that point, word that had been 700 years old became alive and became current. How do you get something 700 years ago current? Because the bride says amen to every word. And Mark 16 comes alive today. Hebrews 13 comes alive today. Oh, I'm here to tell you, John pinned it 2,000 years ago that he's seen a great host and he heard a great shout and he saw a great people standing on a mountain. But someday we're going to become that word. Hallelujah. 2,000 year prophecy will become literal. So we're taking our subtopic as a piece off of the masterpiece. Brother Adam talking about Michelangelo's sculpture of Moses. And Brother Branham, contrary to the rest of the world, Brother Branham said, to me, the, the flaw, they said, oh, this was his masterpiece, but it's got a little flaw here because he lost it and hit it. Brother Branham said, the flaw is what made it a masterpiece. Not how... Wonderfully, it was crafted, how authentic it looked, that it was Michelangelo himself, that the detail was so fine that, I mean, listen, friends, there, there, was, there was lots of sculptors in the world who could have done that also. So Brother Branham is not saying it's of such a high quality reproduction of Moses that this is what makes it a masterpiece. Brother Branham said, no, to me, it's the flaw because it was, because it was the flaw that struck the Lord Jesus. It was, the, it was that day on Calvary. It was the wound in his side, the thorn on his head, the nails in his hands and feet. Oh, let me tell you something, friends. And he said, a piece flew off of that. And he said, and you, it has an indention today. It has an indention today where you can feel where that flaw, that piece flew off. So when Brother Branham says to me, that's what made it a masterpiece, that makes perfect sense to me. Because the thing to me that makes it a masterpiece is that there's another piece off of the masterpiece. So I had a masterpiece that day on Calvary, but I came out of him. I'm a piece off of the masterpiece. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm here to tell you something, friends. There's no Lord like the Lord Jesus. So... Brother Branham says here now, before the foundation of the world, when God created you in His image, or created the man in His image, and created the woman, the image of the man, for the glory of the man, He made you a theophany, just like Himself. When He said, let us, to the creatures that He had made, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, a theophany. God had never become flesh yet. He was in a theophany. Right? So I've said to you, he spoke in Jesus Christ, a man born of a woman. He spoke directly through him. He had never done that. All the way back to Eden. See? Watch. 
say, well, eventually Adam got to flesh, right? But Adam still wasn't born of a woman. <clears throat> Adam was the son of God. But the second Adam was the only begotten son of God. Amen. See, it's all God with his plan for redemption to save a lost humanity. Because uh, th that's why I said when Satan did what he did in the Garden of Eden, God didn't lose. That wasn't a subtraction. That was an advancement. Because that the fall in the garden allowed God to now become a redeemer. And so everything the devil's ever done to try to upset the, the plan of God, all it's ever done is advance the kingdom. See? We would say today, wow, how tragic that Brother Branham would, would, would to God that he could still be among us. His loss advanced the kingdom. Well, what else would you believe? That Satan sucker punched God and took his prophet out? His loss, say that was terrible how Paul had to die. That advanced the kingdom. John had to go to, to the island of Patmos, get his eyes punched out, be boiled in oil. That advanced the kingdom. The people were scattered all over. That advanced the kingdom. See? Watch now. <clears throat> so he was... In a theophany. Now he comes to say the same thing in the Ephesian church age. Man could not directly come and partake of that tree of life in the midst of the garden. Now pay close attention. That eternal life of the tree had to become flesh first. Thus what, alright now, so I just want to make a statement to you. Alright? Man could not directly come and partake of that tree of life in the midst of the garden. That eternal life of the tree had to become flesh first. So Christ and Satan are both in the garden. We know that. Neither one of them are in flesh. Satan, first of all, he's really up against it because he can't even create. But, he, but there's a serpent that God created who had a place for a soul, but he didn't have a soul. But he had a place for one. And so Satan took that place and now the serpent can suddenly rationalize and reason and think. See, now he has a conscience. So, and, and so Satan now, what's Satan trying to do? Get to flesh. What's, what's Christ trying to do? Get into flesh. Because what's the, what's the plan? There's a kingdom coming that the Lord is just starting and he's, he's, he's building out a future kingdom that's going to be filled with people who are in bodies. Not just theophanies. Even he wasn't going to stay just theophany. He wanted a body. A body hast thou prepared me, he said. It is written in the scrolls concerning me. I have come to do thy will, O God. A body has in sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me. So... So we find that, that what's in play, if neither Christ nor Satan are in the flesh in the garden, then what's in play, Brother Jason? Something, here's, what's, here's what was in play. It was going to be something that was going to happen in the flesh, because after a while God put Adam in flesh and then took Eve out of him in flesh. And then Satan comes and gets in the serpent, and now he's in flesh, animal flesh, not human. Very close to the human. See? Upright, could talk, could think. I, 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 it, it makes us laugh when we see artistic artist depictions of a snake 
hanging in a tree talking. That's silly. That's childhood nonsense. See? And it wasn't a snake. He was more subtle than any beast of the field. The thing could talk and think and walk around. And could actually, and could actually have carnal knowledge with a human woman. It's not a snake like you would see today crawling on the ground. Alright, so, so we find he's the missing link. <clears throat> God cursed his body. <clears throat> and so when we realize that what's in play, you, don't, you, you have Christ and Satan in the Garden of Eden. Neither one of them are in flesh. But what's in play is that something is going to happen in flesh influenced by one of these two trees. They both came with a word. One was true. The other was false. And so, so this is why Brother Brandon would say when God said multiply, he already knew that nothing could multiply unless something died. So even in Genesis 1.28, even before they're in flesh, you're finding that God already had redemption in His mind. And He's saying multiply. Well, if something... Wait a minute, how am I going to do that? Something's got to die. Yeah, but you'll understand it better by and by. Just follow my word. This, you understand this was all a plan that God could foresee down in the future. And Brother Branham actually shows us that that goes all the way, that and, 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 and. He said, see, that come all the way up out of the garden. It went all the way through the Old Testament. And what were they doing? And multiplying, and, rep and replenishing, and taking a stand for the Word of God. God's family, God in sundry times, spoke through the prophets. Amen. What were they doing? They were, and prophets spoke, and more prophets, and people believed. You understand? The kingdom is being built until it comes into Jesus Christ and He stands in a human body. Is He finished? No, sir! He's gonna, he said, a little while the world won't see me, but you will, because I will be not just with you, but I'll be in you. That was the promise of the Jubilee. Israel refused it, the Gentiles took it, and the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room, and now that same God was living in human bodies again. To, to what degree? Even their shadow was healing people. Amen. So Brother Branham said it's just and this and that and this and and then Brother Branham says and have dominion. So Brother Branham says that goes all the way out to the millennium. Amen. So this be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. So, so you find that God has a plan. I'm here to tell you something, friends. You're on your way to the millennium. It's unstoppable. The Word is taking you there. Hallelujah. So, Brother Ben goes on. Thus what God worked out here in the garden was his predestinated plan. I mean, this is everything. This is the fall. This takes it all in. His predestinated plan. See, because there was no way that the tree of life could be partaken of directly because it had to first become flesh. That's part of God's plan. See? That's what God worked out here in the garden was his predestinated plan. And when Satan had 
brought about that which was... I love that language. When Satan had defeated God and won the kingdom. Did I read that right? When Satan became the champion and beat God down and took his family and took all of his power. When Satan had brought about that which was necessary to the purpose of God. Can I say it this way? When the puppet brought the plan that was necessary for you. You say, thank you, puppet. Then man could not get to the tree of life in the garden. Certainly not. Now look at that phrase. It wasn't time. So that, that immediately informs your thinking that it's eventually going to be time. It's just not right there in Genesis. You understand? You're with me? But an animal, animal had caused the fall, had it not. Let, the, let animal life be shed. Was taken, the animal was taken and his blood shed. And then God had communion with, men, with man again. It's mankind. Then there was to come a day when God would appear in flesh. Who would? God would appear in flesh. And by means of his humiliation... He would restore fallen man and make him a partaker of that eternal life. So you are heirs of God and you are joint heirs with Christ. See, so because you're, you're in the same family and you have received his life into your life. So as an heir of God, you, you differ nothing from a, a servant. Though you be Lord of all, because you're an heir of God. Before you were ever born again, you were already a child of God. Amen. You, but, but, in, but in application, you differed nothing from everybody else. You were just a rank sinner. Yeah. See, But God, rich in mercy, loved us, right? So, so we find out that as an heir, yes, you were an heir of God, but you had, you had nothing allotted to you. There was an allotment, but it wasn't allotted to you because you were in sin. But now we have become joint heirs with Christ. Now there's not only an allotment of eternal life, but it's allotted to you. And you're a possessor of that eternal life. Amen? You're with me? So he's going to make him a partaker of that eternal life. My goodness. Time is zooming on me. It's okay. I'm just going to carry on along. Trying not to freestyle. <laughs> All right, let me get to where I need to be. <clears throat> All right, so, <clears throat> so then we come here to Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Tremendous, tremendous message. It's one you need to hear about 20 times. Look, Christ in you makes Him the center of life of the revelation. Amen. See? Christ's life in you makes Him the center of the revelation. Christ in the Bible makes the Bible the complete revelation of Christ. Christ in you makes you the complete revelation of the whole thing. See what God is trying to do? Friends, I don't know what happened to you this week, 
But do you see what God is trying to do? I have no way to forecast what next week holds for you. But just remember, it's God doing something. Hallelujah. I mean, that just takes the whole, that just deflates. As Brother Branham said, dehorns the devil. No wonder I say to you, he ain't nobody. Because it doesn't even matter if he, get what, if he gets what looks like a victory. And even if you're culpable in it, it still doesn't matter. It's just advancing God's plan. Wow. See? It's, 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 it's what God is trying to do. What is the new birth then, you'd say? Well, Brother Branham, what is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. See? Not you joined a church, you shook a hand, you done something different, you said a creed, you promised to live by a code of rules. It's not about your wins and losses or that you live legalistically a perfect, flawless life. It's not about that. See, you, you didn't do... You didn't really do anything other than what Mary did and believe the word. You say, should I have done more than that? No, because if you did more than that, then that gives you glory and that's not what the plan's about. The whole thing is for his glory. So he puts a piece of himself in you, then sends a piece of himself to match the piece of himself. And this says the word and you say amen. And this is Logos and this becomes Rima. And you go forth as a son and daughter of God. You did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to keep it. You can't get away from it. It chased you down. And in some cases knocked you down. And if you're still running, it will knock you down. See? But Christ, watch. But Christ, the Bible, He is the Word that was revealed to you and no matter what anybody says, what takes place, it's Christ. See? Pastor, priest, whatever it might be, it's Christ in you. That is the revelation that the church was built upon. I'm so glad. You know, there's, there's some of you here today who I'm the only pastor you've ever known. You were, your parents were single and part of my youth group and then the Lord joined them together and they had children and I dedicated you to the Lord at this, at this altar or maybe in the A-frame or somewhere else. But that's not the story of all of us. Some of us, we didn't always have a pastor or a priest. Brother Brandon says, doesn't matter, pastor, priest, whatever it was. Some of us didn't have a pastor or a priest who always operated with our best interest in mind. But we kept going. For some of us, life happened in ways, boy, I have to say amen to this, that could have finished me. Could have finished us. Come on. Life has happened in ways that should have finished us. Amen? Hard curves in the road that not could have or should have, it would have finished us. 
but somehow we're still here. Somehow we kept going. Sometimes we drove off the road ourselves, but some power higher than my own reckless will brought me back on the road every time. Hallelujah, who keeps saving me? Who keeps saving us? Who keeps, say this, who keeps saving me? And then say right behind it, not me. Who keeps saving you? Not you. There's something higher than you that's known you your entire life. And, 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 and as Brother Matt reminded us this Wednesday, you know, we're in this race, friends. Uh, we're not racing our fellow brothers and sisters. You know who we're racing? The devil. And guess who wins? Me. You. Not only am I racing, I'm going to win. Hallelujah. It's Christ being revealed. And He is the Word. And when the Word is revealed, it expresses itself. See? 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 See that? Is that easy? Look at it again. It's Christ being revealed and He is the Word. And when the Word is revealed, it's, it, it expresses itself. That's God's purpose for Jesus Christ was to express Himself, to take His own laws and live by His laws, fulfill His law by death. That's, that's exactly why he came. And Christ, God, died in flesh, and he is the Word. And when the Word is revealed, it expresses itself. See, that's God's purpose for Jesus Christ was to... Ex oh, we, 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 I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. And Christ, God, died in flesh in order to condemn sin in the flesh that he might bring himself a glorious bride, redeemed back, that will believe only his word of God. You see, that's, that's what Eve failed on. She stopped believing every word of God. She had the word of God, but she let some other manifestation in the flesh talk her out of it. That's exactly what Israel did. The same thing that... Adam found in his bride, Jehovah found in his bride. And they came to Samuel and said, make us a king. And it broke Samuel's heart. And he says, God is your king. They said, fine, God is our king, but we want another, we want a, like everybody else has. It just shows that they were only mental believers. Their heart wasn't really, their heart was far from God. They wanted modernization. And it broke Samuel's heart and God come to him and said, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They have did what Eve did to Adam. They've rejected me. They have taken another man to rule over them. Oh my. This is exactly what Jesus ran into in the church ages. The, the, the early church had the perfect word. They were perfect for a couple of decades. They had the Jubilee. They had the Feast of Pentecost. They had the token. They had the abstract title. They had rapturing faith. They had the pillar of fire. They had prophets and apostles. Now they, they couldn't go into the rapture, although they, were, they perfectly could have, except for the fact that the seed to fill out the type had to go into the ground. Because there was more names on the book than was just in that first age. My name was in that book. So he, he couldn't let them go in the rapture, but they could have until they started to backslide. 
Oh, my friends. And by the time, so now, instead of Christ being able, he comes to get his bride at Nicaea. He finds her just like Eve did, like Adam did, just like Jehovah did. Now Christ finds his bride defiled. She's taken another man instead of Christ the word. And instead of Christ being able to take a bride home, he now must sit down in the eternities and under the ministry of the Son of God, start interceding as a high priest on behalf of the ignorance. He seals up the word under seven seals and wraps it all up and now it becomes an encrypted mystery and they probe at it and look at it and guess at it and live by it and a partial seal opens and a messenger catches it. Just enough light, people run with it. He, he saves his family out of there, but it's filled with all kinds of errors. But at the end time, the alpha would become the omega. What was at the first would be at the last. And this time, there's a bride on the earth who doesn't have any more ages and will not fail. She's predestinated to not fall like Eve or like Israel or like the first church. She's going to finish this thing. See, so he says, he died in the flesh in order to condemn sin in the flesh that he might bring to himself a glorious bride redeemed back that will believe only in the word of God and not swap it like Eve did for intellectual conceptions of man. You see it? That's Christ's idea. That's God's idea. The new birth reveals this. And he goes right back. Then what does the new birth produce? Watch. Jesus said, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, see, th this, is, this is actually, this takes in when he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion. Then Brother Branham, I didn't read it for you, there in 1954, when he's breaking all that down, he comes about five or six paragraphs under that and he goes to 1 Corinthians 12. Because 1 Corinthians 12, there's this whole debate over the gifts of the Spirit. As Brother Matt was talking about Wednesday night. But I'm here to tell you, the, Holy God, the plan of the Holy Ghost is he was always to have control of those gifts. It was never supposed to be under the control of people. And every time people have tried to usurp it, it's always been a mess. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Every time anybody's ever rose up to try to bring on, to make the third pull come ahead of its time, try to make it a doctrine, try to make it a movement, try to make it a gift, try to make it a supernatural, try to make it a shout, try to make it, try to make it, try to make it, all it does is cause confusion and leave people disillusioned. You don't need to worry in his time. He's making all of this beautiful. God is bringing it forth. The only, our only obligation as I preached to you some months ago, your obligation is dedication and consecration. It's not for you to try to make it happen. It's to you to be dedicated and consecrated and God will make happen what He wants to make happen. Then every power is subject to you. Then the token can be applied to your home. Then you take every spirit under your control for the glory of God. It doesn't come because you're smart or because you're, you're energetic or because you're charismatic. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's about a humble life broken before God and surrendered in everything so that God can move and God can get glory. It's casting out devils and speaking with tongues. 
and all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow that. They shall, not they may be. They ought to. They will. The life of Christ in the church will produce these things in God's time, in God's way. He doesn't need you to help Him. He doesn't need counsel or advice from you. All He needs is a surrendered heart. Amen? You know, I, I had to learn that uh, uh, through a lot of tough trials. Of You know, and Brother Bradham talks about it, how that pastors go through a lot of things the church never knows nothing about. Says, And Brother Bradham just actually kind of cracks open the secret vault and says, you know, I know Brother Neville goes through a lot of things y'all don't know about. I happen to know it. And he said, sometimes you look in the Word of God and you see the promise and you preach it to the people and then it looks like it doesn't come to pass and people hang on to it and believe it and you trumpet it and, and then it seems to fall and fail. And he says, these things, you know, we don't always understand these things. But you know, I, I, I learned from the Lord one day and, I, and I, was, I was looking at that scripture, same one, Brother Branham. You know, if you say to this mountain there, or another one, if you ask anything in my name and don't doubt it, but believe that what you have said uh, you shall receive, then you shall have it. See, and, and, I, and, and, and you know, we had a, a, an 18-month-long episode. And, and six of our dearest saints sleep now uh, in, in, beneath the sod, and they're in heaven. Amen. And here we were as a church praying, testifying, believing six out of six times. And six out of six times, the Lord took them home. It was real close to my heart. Two of them was my family. And I just knew. And even, even with my baby brother, and I'm saying, I mean, there's no way to, to tell you the feeling when it's, it's 4 a.m., my phone rings, and it's Brother Andrew. And I'm thinking, oh, goodness, something must be wrong. And I'm talking to Brother Andrew, and I'm trying to get awake. Thank God it was Brother Andrew. That is such a comfort to me to this day that it was Brother Andrew telling me this and not just some cold doctor somewhere. And he's saying, Brother Jason, your brother was brought in. Oh my, well, what's going on, Brother Andrew? How is he? He said, well, and he just so, so just as kindly as he could, he said, Brother Jason, he's deceased. And I just fell in a chair. I couldn't believe it. And you know the story and and then we got to gather a whole family on a Sunday morning and go and break the news to Sister Jean. And never heard my mom wail like that. Never. And my whole life never heard her wail like that. To lose a baby who had only lost a husband of 60 plus years only 13 months prior. And Sister Jean is going around the funeral comforting other people. People say to me, how's your mom? I say, my mom's a superhero. I don't even understand her. I can't figure it out where that kind of strength comes from. And she has her sad times and her times of crying, but I asked her one time, I said, Mom, how? How are you okay? You know, and she said, look, I have my times of crying. She said, but I have to be okay. And I said, what does that even mean? What do you mean you have to be okay? She said, Jason, I am not the first daughter of God to lose a husband and a child down through thousands of years, my fellow sisters have lost husbands and children. And she said, and they kept pressing the battle. She said, I'm pressing the battle. I have to be okay. 
I'm here to tell you some friends, we've all had our ups and downs, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. And the devil can do whatever he wants, but we're going to be okay because we're pressing and marching to Zion. And I stood there, I was, a couple days later, and I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, by this time I'm so broken, I can't believe it. How many have been lost and all of us praying and confessing? And I said, Lord, I, I believe that you told me that my brother would be saved. I believe you told me that. And the Lord said, I did save him in the only way I could. Because God wouldn't force himself. And so he took my brother home, uh, a wayward son. And Brother Branham said, you, he said, you mothers, it's right on tape. He said, you got a wayward child? All right here. He said, you take the same faith that you believe for your own salvation and you apply it to that child. He said, that wayward child, and you just start confessing it and you start believing it, don't you never change it? And said, if you die and you never see it, in your lifetime, you never see it happen, said, on the resurrection, when you come up, that faith will still be burning in your heart because death changes nothing, and God will have to answer to that faith at that time and bring them in. Oh, I'm telling you, there's power in the blood. There's power in your testimony to believe God. And after preaching a funeral here, what do we average? Every few months? Six people over 18 months, that's about every three months we're preaching a funeral. And I'm in my back office and I'm just broken by it. And I just said, Lord, you're going to have to help me because something in my faith is broken. Now, I don't mean my faith in the word of the message. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about my confession in Christ and the message of the hour. That, that's impossible. Satan would, I would die before I would ever. Because that's a part of me. I'd have to deny my own existence. I'm talking about my faith to believe in the promise, if you ask anything, my name, don't doubt it. And I was asking the Lord that. But Lord, you know, you said if I ask anything in your name and don't doubt it, and we didn't doubt it, and we confessed it, and we believed it. The Lord is so amazing. Come right down in that office right back there where he's the pastor. Sit right down across from me like you've done many times. He said... How many times have you counseled families, parents, sitting in this very chair? And I'm, suddenly, I'm, I'm in another place, and I'm having a conversation. And I'm looking at a chair, and I said, many times, Lord. He said, you've, you've counseled fathers and mothers with children and wayward children and, or problems in the home or problems in finances or problems in the marriage between the husband and the wife and Problems with juveniles and problems with this and that and the other. Yes, Lord, yes, many times. I thought, where's this going? And the Lord just said to me, have you ever had anyone sitting in these chairs, have you ever set a father and a mother down in front of you and said to them, I think that you should let the children run. Have you ever said to a father or a mother, you know, my opinion is you should let the children make the decisions. I already knew where this was headed. I bowed my head. I said, no, Lord. I've never, 
never would I think of such a thing. I would never tell a set of parents. I would never tell a father, you need to let the child make the decisions for the home. I said, I would never do that. I've never done that. I would never do that. He said, then why do you question me? Am I not your heavenly father? Yes, Lord, you are. Then do you think I should let my children run the kingdom and make the decisions? That was such a healing to me, but now I still had a question. And when I got God close, I tried to gently ask my questions. And so I just said, I felt like Abraham, like, I know I'm taking my life into my hands. Please don't be angry with me. I'll speak once more. I said, but Lord, okay, I get it. I understand. I get it. But why did you say that? That's how you were going to roll. Why did you say it like that? Say what? You said that if I ask you, it, the Father, anything in your name, and don't doubt it, but believe that, I, that I'll receive it, then I'll have it. And that gentle Savior spoke right back to me and said, because the reason I said it that way is because that's how I want you to believe it every time you pray. Healing is an understatement. Regeneration is an understatement. I felt like I could run. I felt like John Danqua. I want to run. <laughs> oh, friends, there's no kind of healing like comes in the Word of God. Amen. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Let this Word be your guide. Let God have control of your life. Amen. Stop doing like Paul kicking against the prick. Stop running. Try, stop trying to figure it all out. God's in control. Matt, can I give a little bit of your testimonies? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little story. You have to understand that to me, he's, he's Mammy. So he was a cute little button of a boy when I first met him. Little guy. And uh, Katie thinks he's adorable still. <laughs> Brainiac from five years old. You know, by the time he was seven, the family quit challenging him on, on things because he was too smart. So he goes off to college, heads off there to those uh, liberal think tanks and propaganda machines. Listen up, Rye. Listen up. This will help you. And after years of that nonsense, it's even pushing against his raising. This is why it's so important to raise them in the word, in the way that they should go. That alone, Brother Dale and Sister Joanne's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly practice of prayer in the home and opening the Bible and reading and teaching, that made my job so much easier because I was dealing with a young man who had been raised on the word. Now, three, four years, probably four years of, of liberal, woke indoctrination, had his mind in a confusion. And I, I, I hear that he's, not, he's back, he's not doing good. I said, oh my goodness, hard to believe. And so I, I call him, hey Matt, can we get together? Sure, Brother Jason. And so, you know, I'm, I'm praying and I hear that, wow, it's, it's, it's worse than you think. You just better be prepared. And, what I, and I, I couldn't hardly imagine that, 
that that liberal institution had almost turned our brother into an atheist. Now, they wouldn't have succeeded. The Lord was always going to win the battle. But his mind was in such a confusion. And, and, and I'm praying a couple days before I meet him, and I'm praying, talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be up against it. I'm going to need your help. And the Lord came down, just like he did in the office. Now I'm in my home office, and sat right down in front of me, and said, okay, here's his problem. Cut right to the chase. Don't bother with anything else. His problem is on the sovereignty of God. Just explain it to him out of the Bible. Because he's struggling with God's sovereignty and election and salvation and redemption. And God is sovereign. Happens to be one of my favorite subjects. It deals with election and election based on origin. And And I said, okay, Lord, that's easy enough. That's one of my favorite subjects. I love talking about that. And, you know, the whole argument that if, if there's a God, then why is there suffering? And if, there's, and if he cares, either, either he doesn't care or maybe he's evil himself to allow, you know, that's the whole demonic rant. And Matt had seen too much supernatural to just, he couldn't let go that there is a real God. I know I've seen him in my home, my family, my dad's ministry. And he had had experiences himself with the Lord. So now there's this, this battle, and all I had to do, all I had to do, the Lord just told me what the problem was, and I just had to go into the Scriptures and start him at Genesis, didn't we, Matt? We started, we just, I just walked him through the Bible because I knew he believed it. See, I was already ahead because his mom and dad had raised him to believe this book. So all I had to do, my job was easy. I just started going in Genesis and went right all the way through and showed him the sovereignty of God, the plan of God, election by origin, brought him right down to the book of Revelation, and he, he sat back in his chair as intellectual people often do and he said hmm, that's very clear he said I've, I've never realized it was so clear and that's, that solved his problem here but the real crisis was at a deeper level and the Lord told me what the crisis was told me what to say verbatim and said don't say this So we're sitting there. The intellectual part was really not hard. Because he believed this book, all I had to do was prove it to him. But now I knew there was something still in his heart. And what it was is what the same problem we all had. We had many experiences with God, but we needed that certain something. That certain something that once it happened, there would never be you'd be sealed in and Satan sealed out and there'd be nothing could ever shake you. You're not persuaded in. It's like Brother Branham said, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. So, so funny. Because I knew what was going to happen. And he's still sitting there and I've answered his question and I said, I said, now Matt, there's really another issue here. Oh, yeah. Said, you know, you're, you're struggling with, with the message. You're struggling. You're, you're taught to believe it. You're trying to believe it. You want to believe it. But the devil has told you so many things, and these four years have just decimated your faith. Can that happen? I just confessed to you it happened to me in that back office. It can happen to you. And, and, it, and I mean, it, it happened to John. John in prison said, Send a message and ask Jesus, are you here or do we look for another? Amen? Amen? Amen. See? So, 
That's all that's all that's happening. Here's a, here's a son of God, and the devil's got him in a in a in a in a whirlwind. And I and I just said, Matt, I said, look, doctrinally speaking, the message is simple to prove. It's so scriptural, it's easy. I never worry about questions. Never worry about the heathen raging. The heathen's always going to rage. Determined unbelievers aren't going to believe anyway. But if a gene of God is there, they'll see it. And that's a confidence I have. But I said, Matt, there, it, there's, there's no need. I, you, you know, you've been raised, and, and anything I could argue to you doctrinally, you already know anyway, and it would just be rehearsal. I said, now with the sovereignty thing, you had never heard it put like that, you told me. And that once, it, had it explained like that, then you got it. And I said, but Matt, you're more of a believer than you realize you are. This kid is looking at me like, huh? I said, oh yeah, you're more of a believer. You're, in fact, you're one of the most believers around. And I said, because, and here was my bomb, I said, you're in love with a product of this message. There's a red-headed girl who you are crazy about and ready to marry, and she is the manifestation of the message you're in doubt. And I said, the fact that you love her, she's the manifested word, is greater evidence than you believe the written word. I had never personally seen I've, 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 I've had times where, thank God it's not in a human, but in, in hunting. I've seen the light go out. They say the light goes out in your eyes. I've seen that happen to animals and deer. And, and I put one down one time, and I'd only wounded it, and I had to finish it quickly. And I knew a next shot would finish it quickly, and it didn't. I watched the light. First time I'd ever seen it in the woods, the light went out of its eyes, and it was gone. But I had never seen the light come on in someone's eyes. And I'm looking at the face of a young man that I had been looking at since he was like that high. And I literally watched the light turn on. It's hard to explain. But I watched, I watched something happen in his soul that God had been waiting for that moment to do. And he stood to his feet. and He looked at me and I could see already. And he said, you could have started with that. And I said... No, I couldn't. <laughs> I said, I was strictly told what the problem was, what the answer was, and, I, and God gave me a secret bomb that told me I can't use it till the end. We hugged, we cried, we wept, we prayed. I let him go. 10 o'clock that night, his family can't find him. Sister Joanne's worried sick. Where's Matt? I said, well, I don't know. He left the church office, and that's the last I saw him. Nobody could find him till he comes bursting in at home, and Sister Joanne testifies to this day. She said, I don't know what you said to him, Brother Jason. She said, but a different man came into my home that night. And she said, he's never been the same since that hour. And I said, Matt, where did you go? He said, Brother Jason, he said, I got in my car. And he said, I just started driving. And he said, I, people probably thought I was insane because 
I was just sobbing, and then I'd hysterically be laughing. Then I'd be sobbing, then I'd be hysterically laughing. And I'm driving sobbing, and then I'm hysterically laughing. And he said, I just had to drive down to, the, down to the pier, down near Fripp. And he said, I've been walking around there all night laughing and crying, laughing and crying, laughing and crying for all these hours. I want to tell you something, friends. This word has changing power. And all it takes is for you to say, like Mary, be it unto me according to thy word. Why don't you stand with me today? That, can that be your testimony today? And say, be it unto me according to thy word. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how God was working in concert and... God had his helpmate to be a helpmate before she was a helpmate. <laughs> amen. And she keeps him on the straight and narrow today. Amen, Brother Matt. wasn't for Sister Katie. Amen. He wouldn't dress that sharp. He wouldn't. Well, I mean, none of it. Amen. So we thank the Lord for Sister Catherine. Brother Andrew, two thumbs up, buddy. That was excellent. Excellent job. It saved the day. Amen. Oh, I got about... 200 more parts to this mess, this sermon. Amen. You can take that down, Noah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You love the Lord? God bless you, friends. I, I'm enjoying bringing this series to you. Amen. I hope my uh, freestyling didn't get too much over, over the limit today. I felt, felt it flowing a few times and I had to stop and start talking. Amen. God bless you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your divine presence in our midst. And I really have no idea why I just stopped preaching and told those two testimonies, Lord. But maybe, Father, I certainly know that I felt the unction too, and maybe it'll help somebody. I'm sure it will. Lord, as it goes out and throughout this building and out across the airways, let it be for a help, Lord. Help others as you've helped me. You've helped me many times, Lord. I, frankly, owe you so much, Lord. There's just be no way that I could ever repay you sufficiently. But Lord, I thank you, Father, that all you've ever asked for is my whole heart and love to you. My whole heart in cooperation with your vision, with your word. Lord, that's what we desire today. I pray that if we haven't accomplished anything more than just that, that that people who have been under the sound of my voice today will say, Lord, let me ever believe your word. Let me realize that no matter what's happening in life, no matter what has happened, no my only job is to surrender and say, Lord, use me, use me, oh Lord Jesus. Would there be anybody here today? Just ask you like Brother Branham did. I was listening to him on a sermon, all heads bowed. And he said, maybe you'd say to me, preacher, I want to be that kind of a submissive servant that the Lord can work through me like he did in the Bible, that he can work through me. Hands already going up everywhere. You like to raise your hand today and say, Lord, that's what I desire. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. I want to know you in the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to be made conformable even unto your death, Lord. I want to, Father, hands were everywhere. My hands up again, Lord God. 
Oh, Master, mold in us your word. Cause us, Lord God, our own human self to just get out of the way and, and allow the Holy Spirit. Lord, it's been your plan all along and we are just happy beneficiaries today of it. I'm so glad to be included in it, Lord. I'm so glad to know that I have an inheritance and that I'm not just a, an heir, I'm a fellow heir. Lord, I, I, I thank you for that. Father, that I'm a, a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Now, may it go today, redound unto your glory in every facet of our lives, morning, noon, and night, from today forward, in Jesus' name. What a day. Is that what you're going to sing, Brother Tony? Let's sing it. That will be Oh, when my Jesus Oh, can we worship Him a minute now? When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace When He takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land oh what a day a glorious day that will be there'll be no sorrow there give me a verse of that bugs there'll be no think about it sorrows there oh no more burdens glory to God oh we thank you for that Lord no more sickness no pain. Hallelujah. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. Oh, what a day. A glorious day that will be. What a day. What a day. Lift it up now. What a day that will be. Oh, when my Jesus, Jesus I shall see. And when, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me. Oh, won't that be a time? What a day, friends. When he takes me by the hand. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for that day coming. Pray you be with your saints and believers, Lord. Fathers, we dismiss. We never want to dismiss from your presence. So, Lord, we ask you to go with us, lead us, guide us, protect us. Lord, may you be the master of all of our lives. May you be, Lord, the master of all of our decisions. May you regulate our spirit, Lord, by the token by the Holy Ghost that we surrender to day by day, a little more every day, day by day. Lord, I want to surrender more today than I did yesterday. And I'm going to want it more tomorrow than I do today. Lord, because the days are evil, 
I have to redeem the time. It's such an evil day and it's only getting worse. Lord, I pray that you will move in the hearts of people, young and old, men and women, married and single, young person, old person. Lord, let us see your glory, Father, in these closing scenes. We don't know everything that awaits us tomorrow, but I know you're in control of it. I know that for sure. So Lord, we... We, we rededicate our hearts and minds to you. Today, we say, Lord, give me that freshness of the Holy Spirit. Give me that, Lord God. We came from a Wednesday night service determined in our hearts to give you more control. May today be even a greater movement in that direction. Help us. Lead us. Lord, live through us. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. God bless you, friends. Don't forget our midweek service is on Tuesday. Go in the love of God. What a day. Oh, what a day. God bless you. That will be. Oh, when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the
glorious day that will be.
Jesus Christ.